coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, three health myths that are sabotaging your results. think our hunter and gatherer ancestors climbed out of their cave to feast on bagels, oatmeal, cereal, and orange juice? Of course not. If you look at the hunger hormone ghrelin, did you know it's at its lowest point at 9 a.m. in the morning? A study on PubMed proved that because we're not designed to eat a big breakfast. I remember this keto campers in college. I took a nutrition class and this is not a joke. Every morning, my nutrition professor, she was obese, and she would walk into class, getting ready to teach us on nutrition, and you know what she had in her hands? A bag of McDonald's breakfast. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate one billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Keto campers, what is going on? This episode is going to be controversial. That's right, because I'm gonna break down three myths in the health space that are being regurgitated over and over and over and accepted as truth because you repeat a lie often enough and sometimes it becomes the truth. So I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here, but I'm just gonna explain to you my truth, my research. Keep in mind, I've been in the health space since 2008, 2009, since I went through my weight loss transformation and health transformation when I lost 80 pounds, went from 250 pounds to 170 pounds, and I've been studying every single day since then, three hours a day for 11 years, okay? So I say that to not impress you, but to impress upon you. I have seen it all, and I'm gonna break down three of the myths out there that we need to stop passing around, and if you're following one of these myths, it's time for you to switch it up because I talk about health and longevity, our mission here at Keto Camp is to educate and inspire 1 billion people, and we are focused on getting to the root cause. So we're gonna talk all about that. You're gonna learn more about breakfast, about intermittent fasting, about clean keto, dirty keto, about counting calories, moving more, eating less, and so much more. So grab your pen and paper, be focused, be ready, and it's gonna be a very informative episode for you. Before I get to that, I wanna let you know that this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast is sponsored by my favorite keto oil, which is the olive oil, fresh press olive oil club. If you wanna get a $39 bottle for one buck, I want you to claim that. Keto campers get a special deal by going over to ketocampoliveoil.com, claim that. They are the best olive oil I've ever had, loaded in polyphenols and antioxidants, reduces inflammation, helps you feel damn good. Ketocampoliveoil.com is where you can get that. Hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on Instagram. I would love to see that and share it on my story. My Instagram handle is at TheBenazadi, T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I. Let's get into this episode and debunk three health myths. Look, there are so many myths out there. Dr. Google is amazing because you could get 
information. You could read studies that you have never been able to get access to before. Before we would have to go to the library. I'm not old enough to do that, but a lot of my colleagues share with me that they would have to go to the library and do some research that way. We're so blessed in this day and age, but it's a gift and a curse because Dr. Google could give you the most powerful information to help your body heal, to burn fat, to feel good. And Dr. Google could also give you information that could destroy the body and do the things that you don't want it to do. So I'm going to break down three of the biggest health myths out there that are sabotaging your results. There are several more, keep in mind, but I just wanted to take these three, provide it for you, and I don't want you to believe anything I say here on the podcast ever. I, I don't want you to just believe me blindly, but I do want you to have the faith in this information to maybe do your own research and then experiment because at the end of the day, the only thing that matters are the results that you're getting. How do you feel? How do you look? What does your blood work look like? And if you are getting results, then that is the only thing that matters because faith and fear both demand for you to believe in something you cannot see. I am asking for your faith. Here is a fair warning to you. When you start to change your dietary habits, when you start to change your healthy habits, unhealthy habits to healthy habits, it's going to trigger people. People do not like it when you change. It points a mirror to, th to things they're not doing and changing. And I don't think we have bad people in our life, but it's important to understand that when people tell you that keto is going to cause you to have a heart attack or intermittent fasting is going to put you in starvation mode, they don't understand it. Author Nassim Nicholas Taleb compares this to people lecturing birds on how to fly. Part of the problem is that most people get their health advice from people who aren't even healthy or someone who isn't practicing what they preach. I have a favorite quote that I live by from one of the mentors I've studied over the years, Paul Check, and he said, quote, if you don't wear it, don't share it, unquote. This means if the person who's giving you free advice, which is worth the amount you are paying for it, <laughs> isn't following the winning formula approach of experimenting for themselves and they don't have the fruit on their tree, why should we listen to them? I remember this keto campers in college. I took a nutrition class. And this is not a joke. Every morning, my nutrition professor, she was obese, and she would walk into class getting ready to teach us on nutrition. And you know what she had in her hands? A bag of McDonald's breakfast. And I thought back then, something's not right here. <laughs> so it's things like that. We have doctors who are unhealthy telling their patients how to live healthy. We want to get our advice from people who have fruit on their tree. Do not seek advice, seek counsel. So I'm gonna give you some health counseling here on this episode. It's a very important episode for you to tune into. No distractions, if you're driving, you know, make sure you're focused on this and on the road. If you're walking your dog, make sure you're focused on this because this is gonna make a big difference in your life and be sure to share this as well with a friend. The first myth is breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Hmm. I do believe breakfast is the most important meal of the day, not to mess up. I actually think breakfast is the dumbest meal of the day. Look, I remember when I was back in grade school, my mom would never allow me to head out in the morning without eating the, quote, most important meal of the day, unquote, breakfast. We would literally not leave the house until I had that carbohydrate-rich meal, whether it was cereal, orange juice, 
pancakes, waffles, whatever it was. Sometimes I negotiated with her and I said, I'll take my food and eat it at school. Sometimes that worked, but not all the time. Look, mother may know best on some things, but when she tells you that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, turns out she's wrong. Look, changing the way you eat breakfast can actually be one of the most profoundly powerful strategies you can have to optimizing your health. Do you think our hunter and gatherer ancestors climbed out of their cave to feast on bagels, oatmeal, cereal, and orange juice? Of course not. If you look at the hunger hormone ghrelin, did you know it's at its lowest point at 9 a.m. in the morning? A study on PubMed proved that. It showed that ghrelin is at its lowest point because we're not designed to eat a big breakfast. Now, you might be saying, what are you talking about, Ben? When I wake up, I am starving. Well, that's because you've taught your body to have this hunger. This is a learned hunger that you program and you could unprogram or reprogram, I should say, because we're not hardwired for this. We're hardwired for the old school, and that is to wake up, go out, and find our food. Another revolt I get from telling people to skip breakfast is, don't I need to fuel myself up for the day? No, you do not because that's why your body has body fat. We don't get food from energy. In fact, that takes energy away from us. If you feel the need to eat breakfast or snack to get through the day to get that energy spike, that's because you're still a sugar burner. You do not have the metabolic flexibility. It actually takes 12 to 16 hours to process food. So your energy is coming from a false sense of a glucose spike, which when it drops back down, there goes your energy with it, and then you're looking for more food to give you that glucose spike, and you're on this never-ending roller coaster ride of being a sugar burner and having really bad up-and-down energy levels. Therefore, we want to teach the body to tap into its fat stores because you can pull out so many more calories in your body fat as opposed to your glycogen stores, which are your sugar reserves. And the analogy that I got from Dr. Fung is, think of your glycogen reserves, your sugar reserves, as the wallet you have in your purse, in your pocket. You can only put so much cash in that wallet, but it's very easy access. You go get cash, put cash back in, very easy to get to. Now, the goal is to start tapping into your fat stores, and I relate that to that bank account you have down the street. You got to drive to the bank, you got to wait in line, you got to show documentation, and then you have access to that bank safe. And there's almost unlimited reserves there, just like your body fat. So we want to teach the body to start burning through its sugar reserves and tapping into its fat stores. That's the way I teach it in the Keto Camp Academy. I have a 28-day keto jumpstart where I teach you exactly how to do so and achieve that metabolic flexibility. And that's where I pair intermittent fasting and we start skipping breakfast. If your goal is to live a long, healthy life and have amazing energy levels and be lean at the same time, then it's all about achieving this metabolic flexibility. And that's exactly my approach and the way I teach it in the Keto Camp Academy. Now, with that being said, I wanna provide for you some healthy breakfast options if you choose to have breakfast because some people, it's more ideal for them to have a breakfast, lunch, and then skip dinner, which is totally fine as long as you're following that feast famine schedule because you're having your eating window and your fasting window. So the formula that I teach, and I have some meal plans, I have a lot of keto meal plans in the Keto Camp Academy, but the formula is this. Follow the PFF formula if you do have breakfast, meaning protein, fat, and fiber, very minimal carbohydrates. That's because protein, fat, and fiber will not spike glucose and insulin as much as carbohydrates. So here are some examples for you. Have some eggs, some pastured eggs with avocados, vegetables. Cook it in some amazing 
olive oil, like the fresh pressed olive, olive oil club. Shout out to them. You could get a $39 bottle for a buck over at ketocampoliveoil.com. I love that. You could have a fatty smoothie with healthy fats. So you could have some coconut milk and some nut butter, coconut flakes. Maybe you could throw in some chia seeds and a grass-fed whey protein or a plant-based protein like from Sun Warrior. That's a great option as well. Or you could go the route that I go, which is a fatty coffee. I have my Purity cup of coffee. Oh my gosh, Purity Coffee is the best. You could get their coffee over at Keto Camp coffee.com and use keto camp for 10% off. They're amazing. So I have that with some brain octane oil from Bulletproof and some grass-fed butter. And then I throw in some sea salt because coffee is a diuretic and it will flush out electrolytes. So I replenish that with that sea salt. So every morning I have that fatty coffee and I don't have anything else until around 4 or 5 p.m. in the afternoon on a typical day. So that's the first myth that is sabotaging your health. The fact that The myth that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, no, not so much. The second myth is going to be when you eat fat, it's going to make you fat and it's going to cause heart disease. We've talked a lot about saturated fat, cholesterol, and the link between that and heart disease. I don't know if you knew this, but more people die from heart attacks with normal to low cholesterol than with high cholesterol because cholesterol is not the bad guy. Cholesterol is actually crucial to the body. It is a band-aid to deal with inflammation in the body. The reason a lot of people and authorities have been passing around this myth and accepting as truth goes back to this gentleman, a researcher named Ansel Keys. And here's a great book for you to get into if you want to get into the history of what happened here. The Big Fat Surprise by journalist Nina Teicholz, who's coming on the Keto Camp podcast this year. She has an amazing book that breaks down what went wrong, how saturated fat has been a healthy human staple for thousands of years and how the low-fat craze has resulted in excessive consumption of refined carbohydrates, which has resulted in increased inflammation and disease. Here's what Nina Teicholz told the Wall Street Journal. Quote, There has never been solid evidence for the idea that these saturated fats cause disease. We only believe this to be the case because nutrition policy has been derailed over the past half century by a mixture of personal ambition, bad science, politics, and bias, unquote. So yes, eat the fat, keto campers. Eat the saturated fat. Your cells, all 70 trillion cells that you're made up of, every cell has a cell membrane, and that's made up of saturated fat, protein, and cholesterol. Yes, you are made up of fat, not carbohydrates. When you were a baby and if you were breastfed, guess what that breast milk has? Saturated fat, protein, cholesterol. And it's charging up that brain, which is 80% fat and developing that brain of the baby, meaning burning fat is our birthright. When you were a baby, you were in ketosis. Let's get back to our ancestral roots. Let's get back to the way the body was designed to be because the benefits of saturated fats are innumerable. Some benefits appear to be uniquely traceable to saturated fat. For example, you need saturated fats for brain and immune system health. Another argument is that animal foods in general, including meat, cheese, butter, dairy, and eggs, contain high amounts of vitamins, including the vitamins A, D, E, and K, which are all fat-soluble. And you have to have the right fat that comes naturally in these animal foods along with the vitamins in order to absorb these vitamins sufficiently. 
So sugar, not fat, makes you fat because as we spoke about earlier, sugar spikes insulin. Insulin is the fat fertilizer hormone laying the foundation for belly fat. Sugar also slows down your metabolism. It's addictive and makes you hungry all the damn time. Fat cuts hunger, decreases body fat. Boy, did we get this wrong. So think of insulin as the bully of the block that is spiked and called when you eat carbohydrates. When that bully of the block is called, those fat-burning hormones, all eight of them that we know of, they're scattered, they're gone because they cannot coexist. So I'm going to provide for you here, and I'm taking this from a list I have. I have a keto cheat sheet grocery guide on in the Keto Camp Academy, but I wanted to share with you. Here's a list of healthy fats that you should fill your plate with because there are bad fats that can contribute to heart disease, which we talk about, those vegetable oils, but these are the good ones. Grass-fed butter, grass-fed ghee. If you choose to have milk, I like raw organic milk. I like raw cheeses. Those are better than the pasteurized variety. Coconut oil, extra virgin olive oil, avocados, avocado oil, pastured eggs, grass-fed and finished beef, organic free-range poultry, wild-caught fish, organic raw nuts and seeds, and if you could soak them, even better. MCT oil, those are what we want, okay? We want to stay away from the inflammatory fats like corn oil, soybean oil, fried foods, factory chicken fat, grain-fed beef, farmed fish. Fish oil is on my list of bad oils. Safflower oil, sunflower oil, canola oil, cottonseed oil, margarine, artificial trans fats, and peanut oils. Those are the bad guys. There's a lot more information out there regarding these inflammatory oils. I do recommend listening to the episode I did with Brian Peskin on the Keto Camp podcast, talking about vegetable oils, talking about saturated fats, and also check out the book Deep Nutrition by Dr. Kate Shanahan, who's coming hopefully on the Keto Camp podcast sometime soon. Okay, number three myth. This one is a strong myth that is still being passed around as truth, and that is the old calories in versus calories out model. (laughs) I taught this for so many years when I was a personal trainer and a CrossFit gym owner. The eat less and move more model for health and weight loss is one of the most ridiculous methods I've ever come across. Our bodies are a chemistry lab, not a bank account. There are no receptors in the body that count calories, so why the heck are we counting? And the analogy I'm going to share with you is an analogy I got from Dr. Jason Fung. I share a lot of his analogies. Proximate cause versus ultimate cause. Let's say there's a plane crash. The proximate cause of that plane crashing was too little lift, too much gravity. Makes sense, right? That's an accurate statement. The ultimate cause of this plane crash could have been pilot error or a malfunctioning engine. Now, if we only look at the proximate cause of too little lift and too much gravity, our approach would be to build lighter airplanes, correct? But if the ultimate cause was pilot error or a malfunctioning engine, does building a lighter plane fix that problem? Absolutely not. More planes will continue crashing. If we looked at the ultimate cause of pilot error, then we would fix this by incorporating more strict training for the pilots. If the ultimate cause was an engine malfunction, we would fix this by tweaking our current maintenance program. Ultimate cause gets to the root cause. Proximate cause does not. So I'm going to relate the proximate cause to counting calories, eating less and moving more, and the ultimate cause to the hormones and to the metabolism. If we know the ultimate cause, we can fix the problem. Most programs fail long-term because they focus on losing weight 
to get healthy when that is completely backward. We don't lose weight to get healthy. We get healthy to lose weight. Once you get healthy by focusing on the ultimate cause, the hormones and the metabolism, you downregulate inflammation. Hey, a side effect is the body will drop the weight. So let's stop teaching this stupid method of counting calories. Yes, I think calories do matter, but they are not important. They are more of a distraction than anything else. And if you have somebody teaching you about calories in versus calories out, counting your macros, focusing on exercising more and being in a deficit, run. Run as fast as you can to somebody who understands how the body works because counting calories will only get you short-term results and it will fail 99.99% of the time long-term. Just look at The Biggest Loser TV show, popular show from a few years ago. They had morbidly obese people go on extreme weight loss protocols by exercising hours every single day and cutting their calories. And every single member, at least on that show that they showed, achieved an amazing weight loss result. They went through amazing weight loss transformations. They documented it. The season ended. And what happened, keto campers? Almost every single one of them gained the weight back and more. And they wrecked their metabolism. And they had to sign waivers saying they cannot talk about this in public because they failed in the long term, the long run. That's why there's never a reunion show for the biggest loser because they all gain the weight back. Let's focus on the cause and stop treating the symptoms. Those are the top three myths that we need to stop passing around. If you know somebody passing this around, send this episode to them. Tell them that the body is not a calculator. The body is not a math equation. The body is not a bank account. The body is a chemistry lab. Let's start eating healthy fats. Let's start skipping breakfast. And let's focus on bringing down inflammation and healing the body by removing the interference. The body is amazing. You remove the interference and it will heal. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. If you did, take a screenshot of it right now on your phone and then post it on Instagram. Shoot me a tag over at at TheBenazadi, T-H-E-B-E-N-A-Z-A-D-I. I'll see it, I'll share it, and I'll get some other people following you back. Also, leave the show a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes. It really helps out. Share it with a friend. And if you'd like to put all the pieces of this health, health puzzle together, I want to give you some health coaching. I want to show you the way. I want to teach you how to master keto, how to master fasting, how to master your health once and for all and cut out all the confusion, all the conflicting information out there and take out all the guesswork essentially and put it in front of you and guide you throughout the way. What am I talking about here? The Keto Camp Academy. If you head over to ketocampacademy.com, you could get enrolled for a free seven-day trial and if you decide to stay on board, it's about one buck per day to get health coaching from me. That's right. That's all it is. We have an amazing community. You're going to be put in a private Facebook group. You're going to get access to the Keto Camp Academy portal, and then you'll get a monthly coaching call with me every single month. Try it out for seven days. Head over to ketocampacademy.com. Last thing I want to leave you with is this. Head over to youtube.com slash ketocamp. Learn more about the channel we have. We're releasing a lot of cool videos on there and subscribe to that channel. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. You'll hear me on the next episode.
This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.